Welcome to Leportee, your weekly destination to hear about what happened in the hospitality industry around the world last week. I am Miriam and this is Mish. Hello, we do a pretty handy thing for you. We summarize hundreds of newspapers and articles that took place this week in one short newsletter. Yes, and we also keep you updated on global event, events, what happened in academia and what softwares are currently changing the industry. We stick mostly to facts, but occasionally uh, add our own personal spin to the thing. <laughs> For sure. All right, let's jump right in. No? It has been quite a while since we were here last. <laughs> it, has, it has, Miriam. How are you doing? For those who, who care and want to know. I'm doing really well. I had a beautiful holiday and now ready to jump back in to what is happening in the hospitality industry. How about you? I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing really well. Every week better. <laughs> Every week better. That, that's how Just it is a little bit. Just marginal improvement here and there, you know. You're going to be awesome at 80. <laughs> You're already awesome. I'm sorry, but that, that's not what I meant. I'm striving to <laughs> striving towards being awesome at 80. Exactly. For now, it's okay, but you know, maybe <laughs> maybe one day when, when I can when I have to have a walking stick with me. Um, so, uh, first piece of news this week. Um, yeah. I we looked at quite a few things um, this week. I think could be summarized by basically looking at things that people were forecasting at the beginning of the year and now kind of the, the results are coming out or you can see people's behaviors showing whether what people are forecasting or not is accurate one of the things that i found quite interesting is um well <laughs> pleasure is down pleasure is uh business and leisure mixed together uh if you remember that topic we discussed probably a few months ago uh something that also the ceo of our was reporting on is the best thing that ever happened to hospitality where people would come and travel and stay over from sunday to monday because they would just work remotely and basically the days that hotels would never get filled or booked up was was great and apparently was the big new thing and you know you can get finally those uh, shoulder days filled up well apparently that is decreasing now <laughs> people are reverting back to their normal behaviors and uh, that is mostly connected to well nobody quite well nobody's quite certain what it's connected to but what I is mean, certain yes i think it's because people are going back to the office right i think we have seen a big movement that companies want their people to come back at least one or three or two days. Um, and if people need to be back in the office, they don't have the freedom to just travel. Plus hard hard to say, because we have another piece of news about that as well. Uh, and contradictory to, to the assumption now, people are not really going back to the office. There is definitely a certain level of home office going mm. on, right? More than before, but it's still there. Um, okay. Nonetheless, people just want to have normal holidays there is another piece of news as well which might be connected to this as well uh, so perhaps. yes it's just it's all over so that's, that's what we have to that? <laughs> that's what it's all about when our podcast news so of the current week <laughs> you see you were gone for a few holidays a few weeks on the holiday and you've missed so many exciting things 
um, no, so in effect, um, on the other side of uh, things, uh, basically what is currently apparently happening is a lot of travelers are downshifting or basically uh, spending less on their trips. So what is effectively happening is people are still traveling uh, with the same occurrence or the same frequency. However, they're spending less on the hotel or maybe they're switching up destinations or going from something that is a pretty fancy place to something that is cheaper and more affordable. Yeah. I mean, that is kind of what you were saying all along. Like we were pretty surprised about why travel still hasn't kind of slowed down, right? A few months ago, we were like, uh, but inflation and industry crash and layoffs and so on. Somehow people must have less money, so they should stop traveling so much. <laughs> but now, now that is actually hitting. People are decreasing their travel costs. That's what has been expected for a while now. Yeah, and the article goes into how, well, basically it's not necessarily that people are making less. It is actually that... The prices for the same stays for the same uh, duration of holiday has increased right significantly and so people people's salaries or income basically hasn't caught up with inflation and so as a result they indeed traveling not traveling less but spending less um interesting enough right there was a small graphic statistic uh on the article provided which showed that the numbers of how it basically it looked at sort of the most expensive hotels looked at the you know average middle class lower hotels in terms of pricing and how many people are staying in the most expensive hotels uh, percentage wise mm. and the number now is basically exactly the same as it was in corona so you, you could see a spike in more expensive hotels and less in the cheaper hotels during the corona period and bef and basically now it has come back to 2019 levels which could also be mean basically people saved up, traveled, and wanted to spend a bit more on this, and now they just <laughs> they have out traveled themselves so that they don't really care as much, and maybe that also could be connected to the whole pleasure thing, right? You, well, well, home office topic we can go into next, right? But uh, perhaps people Wait, just say what you were gonna say. How is it connected to the pleasure then? Well, uh, I'm just saying that. Right, the the topic of pleasure. Right, people are traveling, maybe on a, in a different pattern now, and so they're not staying from Sunday to Monday. Maybe they don't have the money to do that. It's it's a bit like it's not it's it's hard to connect to all of it, but definitely what is happening is a people are traveling differently or similar to the 2019 levels. They're spending less, and on top of that, uh, your comment on the home office, commerce home office is actually still there. So while the companies are kind of asking for more home office. Uh, now, asking for more home office. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, correction. Asking for more people to come back to the office. Yeah. Okay. Still, thirty-nine percent of jobs, people, new jobs that people are starting, are hybrid models. So home office slash mm -hmm. office. Nineteen percent are full-time home office jobs, right? And those are the newcomers. So you can definitely. This is definitely not the case before before for Corona. So home office is here most likely to stay. Hybrid is. Um, hybrid is kind of the model, yes. Not full home office, but hybrid is. Yeah. It seems to be statistically what uh, a lot of companies are going for. So yes, one of them was, for example, Google saying that you have to come to the office at least three times a week. So yeah. three, not but, five, but still three, right? Yeah, but that kind of already makes the point of not being able to travel so much. 
I guess, over shoulder days. So, well, those poor travelers. Well, but, but still, right? Hybrid model would allow you to travel from Sunday oh, to yeah. Monday, right? And stay there. So, like I said, home office isn't disappearing. It's just mm. <laughs> equalizing <laughs> the reality of you still have to go to the office and see people you work with occasionally. <laughs> um, but maybe maybe you're correct, right? It's, it's hard to say. Um, whatever it is, it's... Uh, <laughs> the news this week weren't overly positive <laughs> and we'll go into other things as well but yes <laughs> I mean yeah I think I think big point also is what you said about that inf- or like people's salaries haven't caught up with inflation and the net salary people can feel it and that impacts travel behavior yeah. I guess I mean so. if uh, if people's salaries would then everybody needs to get at least a 10% promote, uh, increase in salary this year at least Right. That's how, now, people like who it. listen to our podcast go and be like, so actually, boss, I need 10% increase, please. Some yeah. some dude on the podcast told me I should get it. So <laughs> I, I think if you want me to travel over shoulder days, please increase my salary. I'll go to a core hotel. The CEO seems to be happy about it. With your bad boss head. Nice, nice. Anyway, what, what is the next news you want to talk about? You want to no, talk you, about? You go ahead. Okay. Please. I mean, I've been pretty excited because I have seen that um, Skift has this Travel 200 stock index. And I think, I mean, if you if you invest in the stock market or you find it interesting, right, you know what an index is. It's kind of tracking industry and, yeah, different different things on the stock market. And I actually didn't know that there was like a travel 200 index that would track all these things. Because if you look on the general, you know, for example, the general guidelines or yeah, air travel, for example, um, was, was part of um, industrials and hotel brands fall under consumer discretionary. So actually, like if you just want to, like track what's happening on the stock market with travel com- like publicly traded travel companies it was really hard to track um so yeah skift has their their own index and it's kind of it's kind of interesting to 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 see i mean they started already 2018 you can actually see you know the dip of corona how it impacted the travel industry of course and still today it's a little bit under where it started in december 2018 um but yeah, I think it's it's quite an interesting fact to know that yeah that exists and you can travel or you can you can track that index if you're interested in the travel industry. I mean, it's a it's a pretty cool marketing uh, step of Skift, but I'm, I'm I think a lot of the annoying stock investors and I used to be one of them. <laughs> I don't anymore, <laughs> but uh, would say there is, for example, the the Dow Jones. Uh, travel and tourism uh, index as well, right? For like I think thirty, forty years. <laughs> so if you if you wanted to, you could find one, right? It is it has sector of like almost ten percent of the economy, right? People do recognize it, and but I'm sure the the, the skipped but, one would be. But then how come it's like still not their own section, like sectors, in the general stock, like because they're all under different. So, like, hotels are part, right? Like, they don't have their own sectors in those, in the... 
Well, whether it is, like I said, for example, there is the, the Dow, so there's the Dow Jones index, right? Mm -hmm. Overall yeah. for the whole of the, for the whole of the US industry, right? And then there is the Dow Jones travel and tourism index oh. that includes companies that are only related to travel and tourism. Currently at 800 US dollars. I didn't know that. Okay. I thought it was really cool. No, no. I, I mean, fair enough. I think this also is maybe a good thing to, for people who don't usually invest in stock to, to figure out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like I'm reading Skift. Oh, by the way, Skift also has one and maybe I should start doing it. By the way, I think people should try to use this as a way of saving money, right? Indexes are pretty good. However, <laughs> Why did you stop investing then? Um, I have other things that I need to put money aside for. Ah, okay. Yes. I get it. <laughs> That's a fair point. Fair exactly. Point. But um, I would say, um, I'd say definitely try to, if you haven't tried to check this out, read into it, but maybe investing in one specific industry that <laughs> is very, 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 very okay, seasonal and might be okay, impacted by several things might not be the best idea. Yeah, but that. it's also about tracking it, right? To understand what happens with the different companies in general. Or if Fair you look enough. at the whole sector, it's not just about sure. actually investing. It's about knowing what's going on. I guess in the spirit of all the podcasts that do stuff like this, disclaimer, we have nothing, no idea about investing. Don't take our... Yes, please do it. not take... Oh, my God. Disregard I just thought it was interesting news, please. <laughs> They actually disregard this and turn the podcast off right now and do something else in your life. <laughs> oh, All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Fair Next enough. piece of news. Now, this is also a pretty pretty sad piece of news. Um, oh, I just found it interesting that that there is that this is news. So, uh, for those of you, dear listeners, and uh, you, Miriam, who love going clubbing. Oh, I, I no. Okay, go for it. So uh, apparently clubs in Berlin are not really doing too well. And in fact, they're quote unquote going under. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Berlin is one of the capitals of, of clubbing, at least in Europe. And uh, it's up until recently, right? There, there's, I think, almost uh, about 100 clubs open uh, on any given day. And uh, it obviously is one of those cities where people like to have fun. Well, apparently, this so there's been a recent survey of the club owners and operators, and it showed that there is kind of a few cracks in the industry in Berlin, uh, mostly related to, first of all, increasing costs. Uh, so it has been harder to make a profit for the club owners. Second of all, there's actually pure and simple less, less traffic, hence sort of less revenue. So while you have higher costs, you're also having less revenue. Wait, uh, so why are people stop going to clubs? The article doesn't really explain it, but uh, I'm sure we can discuss it. The most important part is that they have started. It, there is definitely less, and finally, there's for some reason also a 37 percent increase in complaints about clubs. So police <laughs> being called on them, or whatever form of you know noise that uh, the neighborhoods are not really liking. 37 percent, right? That's that's pretty. I'm not. I'm not sure of the the total number. Maybe it was three, and now it's you know <laughs> four. But uh, still, sounds like a pretty scary number. And so, as a result, um, some of them basically are saying that we will not be able to make money unless the government supports us. So um, interesting. Uh, I mean... We have actually, if you remember, looked into a similar piece of news a few months ago about the pubs in, in London. Mm. 
how almost 200 pubs went bankrupt mm. after Corona, actually. Due mm. to mostly similar, very, very, very similar, very similar issues. I mean, clubs could also be titled as culture, no? So in theory, they could be subsidized. I think they are. That's what they're kind of saying, right? And without the government support, they wouldn't be able to exist anymore. Mm, okay. It's hard for me to to argue that, though, to be honest, because it is a private Why? business. It is a private business. You go in there, you pay 25 euros are... for entrance, and Galleries then you drink and milk. do stupid stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, fair enough. Maybe banks, just a... The banks are saved by the government. They're pretty yeah, but the banks <laughs> carry billions of euros of people's money, and if it goes yes. bust, this that money but disappears, still, right? So, still, like many private businesses are subsidized, so it's not they're not all public. Fair enough. I, I'm not. I'm, maybe I'm just generally against business subsidizing. Subsidizing. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have my my opinion on that hasn't ex, explore, I haven't explored that yet. There's enough no, to. Like I'm, I'm curious why less people would go to clubs. I somehow that doesn't make sense. I mean, after Corona, maybe people are more scared to go into groups. People. It's it's yeah. also it's, it's also a survey, right? So the 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 article or the writers of the article didn't actually look into the financial data of those clubs. Mm. And maybe this is just one of those political ways of saying, give us more money because we're in trouble mm. type of thing. Um, I mean, I've been to... It's also quite interesting for me, right, as well, because I, I mean, I'm a not a regular, but an occasional club goer in Berlin myself. And I wouldn't say that they're doing badly. In fact, I felt <laughs> ripped off in a queue of a thousand people while getting in. <laughs> so this reading this was uh, was a bit surprising for me. But then again, right, that is you know I, I don't think I went to the the bottom twenty clubs, mostly likely the top ten, right? Uh, you know, quote unquote, whatever. But um, so, did you go to Bergheim? No, I'm I'm not that type of guy. Sorry. <laughs> No, no Bergheim for me. No, I meant a chess club. I went to a chess club. No. <laughs> okay, no. I think it's time to move on to the next one. Fair enough. But it's good to know. All right, next piece of news. Tell us, Miriam, what have you found? I mean, it's kind of like a... I think because I have been working for Booking.com and for different hotels, I was kind of... I read the news that if you, as a hotel, do not want to be on review platforms, let's say like TripAdvisor and Holiday Check, um, you're not allowed to request the platforms to take your hotel down. Um, to me, it makes sense that, right, if you sell, for example, your hotel over booking.com, that you need to allow the reviews and that you need to maintain the reviews, which is a lot of work for hotels. But like sites like TripAdvisor and, and Holiday Check or whatever, they're independent and they're not actually selling their rooms. So it's just, so they're making a profile for the hotels, so to say, and then you get to kind of, everybody gets to say their opinion, even though um, you're not maintaining it yourself as a hotel. Um, somehow, I don't know, in my mind, I was like, oh, but yeah, why are they not able to like take it down? Um, so yeah. I mean, in a way, I get it. I get the point because they say it's freedom of speech and everybody can say about hotels whatever they want. Um, so generally, you're not as a hotel, you're not able to take it down from those sites. However, 
Um, exceptions exist when a platform's commercial practices compromise neutrality. So if they sell packages or something like that that will rate you higher, um, then hotels are allowed to take taken down. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Should they be able to? I find it a bit different, difficult. I mean, for example, on Booking.com, they're also not able to delete reviews, right? Unless it's really a fake, fake one and they can prove that that person wasn't at the hotel. Um, otherwise, you're, you're not able to, to, to delete them. So for me, it would make sense that you can only have reviews if it's some sort of like marketing strategy, like on booking.com, right? If I sell my hotel over booking.com, I think it's fair that they collect reviews. But if people like on TripAdvisor, people can write stuff that have never been at the hotel, no? I don't know how it works. I actually, I'm just guessing. But TripAdvisor, you can, you, you might have never been there. You could just go online and exactly. That's why it's and, there's, there's even a program which we can put in the, the link to a specific TripAdvisor account and see how many reviews are fake, because also hotels obviously just hire agencies to get like a hundred different reviews in there, without any additional costs like Booking.com, right? They will take a commission, so getting fake reviews would be more costly for any given hotel. Exactly. So, what do you think? Do you think? Hotels should be able to remove themselves from like a trip advisor or a holiday check. I mean, uh, perhaps it's it's hard to say, um, right? Uh, from a legal standpoint, you as a company, right, have a register and you exist, and you, it needs to be publicly visible, right? There's at least in Germany and most European countries, and in US, right? There's company registers, so you. The, the public must be able to access and see what kind of, you know, maybe who is the owner or, you know, depends on the country. That's kind of, I feel like, is part of that, right? Uh, if this is a real company, if they exist or whatever. And then the removal part, I, to be honest, from a standpoint of a private user, if I would just not even find reviews of a place, to me, it doesn't exist. And then I would not go there. That's it, right? So <laughs> the act of them removing it would disadvantage it from from a standpoint of getting customers definitely not advantage them yeah it depends if the reviews are really bad you'd rather not exist yeah but i mean usually when i'm like on the street somewhere right I've, i don't know if that everybody does that i don't have data on <laughs> general public perception here but if i'm mm -hmm. going out to eat right even if it's a especially if it's a tourist area i usually at least go on google maps and you know check out how what the reviews are there and if it's like a 2.2 that's mm -hmm. a bit of a red flag, right? But if yeah. I don't even see it, then, you know, I am a very bit weary of it. Now, obviously, everything exists, right? You can find anything. But if this becomes a thing, I feel like people will be aware of it, that uh, certain hotels and restaurants are removing themselves, or whatever businesses, right? Because this also implies that in businesses of any form or shape can remove themselves from other platforms, right? There's platforms which review uh, employers. There's platforms that review the legality of a company or like if they're a scam or not or if you can trust them right for example Trustpilot, right the website mm. then this would kind of cause a cascade of if, if this has somehow goes through some sort of constitutional court somewhere and then they say mm. yes you can then it will, it will become like a global thing where people know that certain businesses don't even go don't even exist on these platforms because they're terrible and then that's already in itself a red flag 
I mean, obviously, it's not a, maybe a, it's not an advantage for TripAdvisor, right? The whole point of TripAdvisor or for Google Maps is to showcase every single location there is, and mm. if you, for you to be able to review it or see the pictures or find it, right? And if you can't, then that disadvantage is the platform. But for a private user, I feel like people will still be able to make a choice. And if you don't exist there, like I said, that would make it even more scary. <laughs> I mean, Somebody... it depends. I'm sure there are businesses who have like regular customers that always come back. I mean, it can also be a strategy to be exclusive and you're only known to local people and you can, know, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's going to come up soon that people are like, oh, you know, you need to know where it is and you need to get in and other people cannot find it. I don't know. It's just, it's, I was just, I just thought in a way, yeah, it kind of, because you can completely destroy a business by writing reviews, right? Like reviews are extremely powerful. Um, and there have been, so I think for me that it kind of makes sense, at least as a whole, like as from a hotelier perspective, that only people who have had the experience get to have a review and not people who have not been there. I so mean, that's kind of my, so that is my point of view. <laughs> it's yeah. You need to verify an invoice with a correct address and the tax ID to be able to leave a review, right? No, but I think my point of view. But I find that your 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 perspective on especially the businesses that I know quite a few businesses that want to be big out there. They want to be public. They want mm. to be for locals. I mean, we all had maybe that experience with restaurants, right? Where you mm. feel unwelcome, but you know that there's a lot of locals there, right? And there's mm -hmm. even this sort of businesses that actively discourage tourists or tell them to not to come, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, I'm pretty happy with the way it is now. Uh, and also, right, so I know I don't use TripAdvisor too much anymore because I know that it, there's a lot of fake reviews there, personally. Mm. Right, so um, to me, Booking.com or Airbnb or for restaurants, it's hard as well. To be honest, like mm. there's Open Table, for example, yeah. uh, for reserve restaurants, but the reviews there and the relation to reality are obviously so wide <laughs> that it, just to me it's like no, no, thank you. So actually, in terms of restaurant reviews, there isn't, at least in my eyes, a good mm. platform to find a good reputation. There is a, you know, you can find a if it's good or bad, right? Like if mm -hmm. it's on, like I said, if it's a two point two on Google you really have to try really hard to get a 2.2 on Google. Like you really have to try hard. But if it's like a 4.2 or 4.8, it means absolutely yeah. nothing. At least in my eyes, right? It's not, you cannot make a decision. You oh. can still love it with a 4.1 or whatever, or the five, by the way. Hmm. So, yeah. All right. We have four more minutes. Which one is your last choice of news? Last choice? I mean, we can qu go quickly through the news, you know, one, two, three, four, no? <laughs> um i found it quite interesting again i mean this isn't maybe <laughs> honestly this this topic so this topic uh perhaps isn't the most exciting for for listeners and <laughs> it's a mistake to talk about it but if you what you do is once a week you look up all the news that happened and you always see some random company website media news article, newspaper something trying to summarize the future trends of the industry and tell you all about how you should be aware of it. It's quite funny to see that happening over and over and over again every week <laughs> to the point that it becomes a bit like, oh my God, another one. <laughs> I actually <laughs> think we should set up a page of funny forecasts, you know, like, and then like <laughs> just like see which ones are coming true and actually keep them accountable because there's so many. Um, and this is nothing against the forecasts. Some of them might be good. Some of them have good opinions. 
this one uh, for this week is Skift, actually, a pretty respectable, uh, right, at least media source in the world of hospitality. They even have uh, an index. Exactly, they have a they have a stock index. They must be good. Um, no, nobody's thought of that before, so they must be really good. <laughs> you know, there is actually ETFs that are based entirely on service sector and hospitality. So you can yes, ETFs. I actually knew that that existed. For exactly. It. All right. Fair enough. Um, I so think it's cool. Leave me alone. But you're right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're wasting time now. No, 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 it's just the bullying, public bull bullying on podcasts. Yeah, it's very you. good. <laughs> no, no problem. Anytime, once a week. Uh, so basically Skift has uh, broken down four topics that they think are going to be the future trends or going to be impacting the industry. And uh, I want to hear your opinion on this because some of them repeat themselves everywhere. And there's one new one that I thought that they've listed. So number one is demographics. Right, people are getting older, so therefore hotels need to offer products related to more senior target groups, and also the obvious uh, problem of staffing crisis. Right, that you cannot actually find people <laughs> that can work in your business because they don't exist. Uh, next one would be the obvious one again. You want to guess which one would they be working working on? That um, people will spend less traveling. No, no, think about future trends, what we've talked about in the past months. What kind of future trends could Skift be talking about? Tell me. AI? Oh. oh. Exactly. AI. I mean, dear listeners, if you didn't know, AI is impacting our life. And so basically, the, the, I'm summarizing here very, very, uh, you know, removing a lot of the context, but the nutshell of the message was, it's likely that people are going to be, you know, more time and going to chill more because the AI is going to do their job. And so they can just stay at your hotel, pay money and buy your cocktails. So it's going to be great for hospitality. Life Another will be beautiful. Yeah, uh, exactly. Another one is uh, climate, right? The industry yeah. needs to make it right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we haven't heard of that one before, very new. And finally, this one is actually new. I mean, I was kind of familiar with it, but I haven't seen anybody talk about it. And that's the, the loneliness crisis. Yeah, we have talked about it. We talked about singles, but with, not in the shape of loneliness. So singles yeah, are have... not... I mean, look, singles are not necessarily lonely, right? No, have we talked about loneliness? People, yeah, people being alone. Uh, maybe not on the podcast, but you and I have talked about it. Well, okay. <laughs> Thank you, privately. We... <laughs> Everything outside of this podcast does not count. On, 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 only recorded and posted on the internet. You and I talked about it, sure. But yeah, definitely. Okay. So they're saying that uh, due to the loneliness, um, especially in the Western world where communities are not really established, so people don't go to church, people don't really hang out anymore. So they, the solution to that or the alternative is travel, uh, meeting people, maybe in hostels where you can meet other in people. In hostels, that's yes, a great yes. idea. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think we spoke about it a bit during COVID, right? About loneliness and that's maybe why I felt like I've been talking about it a lot, but maybe not on the podcast. That Fair enough. Loneliness has been a big topic during COVID. And, um, so sorry, Skift, you're not being innovative. Miriam has thought about this before. You haven't taught her anything. Yeah, Mish has just forgot about that. We talked about it. Yeah, I, was, I guess I was lonely enough <laughs> to, to remember. <laughs> For you. For you. <laughs> You're not lonely. Yeah, surrounded by life. friends. And, surrounded by friends and family. Uh, exactly. It's just too good. Too good. Life. Life. 
Yeah. <laughs> on that note, I think we can finish this podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, like, that's it, really. Do we, do we have a bunch of other stuff? Check out our day, uh, weekly newsletter where we go into detail on this news, provide all the links as well, and also obviously go into other sections like externalities, academia, and the sort of the weekly recommendations that we didn't, we weren't able to talk about in this weekly podcast. And I guess we'll see you next week. See you next week. I'll make sure to find some good news. <laughs> Thank you, Miriam. Have a great time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.